So we now have black employees upset because they are seeing that they are not getting the same recognition as their white cohorts. And they're upset because they know that their boss is racist. They know this for a fact and now are upset because they are not getting the accolades that they feel as they deserve. And now they're ready to throw a fit. Take a listen to this episode of Rondell's Unpopular Opinion Podcast as we get into the Grammy 2021 nominations and how some of these nominations are definitely bought and how the Academy has a history of snubbing black artists. This is not the first go at the rodeo with this. Stay tuned. This is one you're definitely not going to want to miss. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Rondell's Unpopular Opinion Podcast. Welcome to Anchor. Welcome to Spotify. And as I always say, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate you. And make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell that friend about this podcast now. Now. (laughs) Before we get into this, I just want to say shout out to Kuwait. Yes, another country has been added to Rondell's Unpopular Opinions listener list, okay? And that makes country number 28. Oh my God, okay? 28 countries in less than a year. We are we are definitely growing and I love to see it. I love to see it. Now, I don't wanna, you know, be too long-winded with this, but we're gonna get into these Grammy nominations because people are definitely talking artists are you know upset with these you know outcries of injustices and this is something that we have seen time and time and time and time again and I just it's the unbeknownst behavior for me I'm not understanding why these artists are so baffled that they are snubbed Maybe it's me. Like, I I mean, I don't know how many times we are going to lay on our back and take it before we say enough is enough. I I really don't know what it, it really is. I don't know how many artists have to come out and say this shit. I don't know how many artists have to come out and tell their stories. I don't know... How many movies have to be made, all right? I referenced today on my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, RonnieLow88. I reference even going back to the days of Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley of how black artists are constantly snubbed and replaced. You know, it's 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 beyond me, okay? Um, a lot of people know who Elvis is, But a lot of people don't know who the hell Chuck Berry is, which is crazy because Chuck Berry is literally Elvis before Elvis. All right. And I literally said it. I have the caption here and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. And I stated, everyone is complaining about the Grammys now, but please understand that the industry has constantly cherry picked white artists through, uh, though black ones 
are the originators or the seasoning. Okay. Chuck Berry and Elvis are a prime example because Elvis took his style, his swag, and his music. Please be aware that Elvis is indeed a fraud, just like a lot of these pop artists are now. Country and blues was ours and we got replaced. Just like your black faves are being replaced because your faves have sold their soul and gotten played. I literally said this today, all right, that this is nothing new. And one of my, one of my followers, shout out to him. Uh, I known him for a very long time. He stated in Elvis did it first when it comes to the underage girls too, and married a 14 year old girl, but that's a whole nother different podcast. <laughs> that's a whole nother different topic of conversation. But I mean, you know, it, it, this is constant. We're seeing this now with Justin Bieber talking about, he wants to be R and B, you know, and, and just like we have been replaced when it comes to country, the same dynamic is trying to happen with R and B, right? We can't let every, we can't let them all in, right? Justin Bieber know damn well. He is straight up pop. He is a popular artist, okay? He's a popular artist from Canada, and it just is what it is, all right? We can't let too many in. We already got Justin Timberlake. He already done, you know, you know, swindled in, right? He already done, you know, snuck through the back door. Robin Thicke is already in there, you know, and he got a pass because, you know, he, you know, procreated and was married to a black woman for a long time, Paula Patton, right? So or half black, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she's biracial, but we can't give too many of y'all passes because then next thing you know, every white dude with a nice sound of voice is going to want to be considered R and B. No, we're not doing this. We're not considering you rhythm and blues. You know what, what are we going to have for ourselves? Why are our genres of music continuously jacked and we allow it? We, we allow it by being too inclusive and then we have nothing for ourselves. It's bad enough. We don't, we don't own the, the music. We don't own the industry anyway. You feel what I'm saying? But let's get into, uh, the Grammys. Okay. And let's get into more into it based on what's going on more specifically with the weekend and Megan Thee Stallion. All right. So Shout out to Esquire because they released this article on November the 25th. Today is November the 27th that we are recording this. And I just wanted to say, if you celebrate, I hope that you had a great holiday with your family. Um, you know, we already know the origins of Thanksgiving, but we just hope that, you know, the family time is what's imperative because we don't have too many days throughout the year to really just focus on family. And that's what it should essentially be about. Um, even if you don't really, you know, celebrate that, you know, we're just grateful and every day should be a day of Thanksgiving that we're grateful. Right. But nonetheless, though, shout out to Esquire for this article, which states that the weekend is right. That something is wrong with the Grammys. The star called the recording Academy corrupt after his shocking snub. The Grammys has responded. All right. And this was by Matt Miller. Like I said, on November the 25th, the article goes on to state that earlier this year, the weekend's album 
After Hours became the first record since Drake's Scorpion, which was released in 2018, to spend four consecutive weeks at the top of the Billboard 200. That was only the beginning. The album's singles continued to dominate the charts, specifically Blonde and Lights, which became a, a viral sensation. After a year like that, The Weeknd seemed primed to be a top contender at this year's Grammys, where in the past, he's been nominated 10 times, but only taken home three trophies. This, by all known logic, should have been The Weeknd's year at the Grammys. But logic doesn't exist when it comes to the Grammys, where winners are chosen by a shadowy process of industry insiders. As we've come to expect, the Recording Academy released a largely baffling, disappointing, and downright infuriating list of Grammy nominees yesterday. And by all accounts, the biggest snub was that The Weeknd's name did not appear on that list once. Shortly after the nominations were announced yesterday, The Weeknd tweeted, the Grammys remain corrupt. You owe me, my fans, and the industry transparency. It's a powerful combination of an organization that is supposed to award music's highest honors. The Weeknd statement echoes the same complaints that Jay-Z, Rihanna, Frank Ocean, Drake, and many others have had for decades. I wonder what all of those artists have in common. Sheesh, somebody tell me. Oh, that's right. They're black. <laughs> that's right. They're melanated. Okay. Even Drake, even though, yeah, you may be Canadian, you still a you know what. All right. In their eyes, despite your Jewish mama. And despite the long history of Muse's biggest names talking shit about the archaic, and out of touch recording academy, nothing ever changes. Historically, the Grammys have been slow to spot trends in music, have seemingly awarded popularity over quality, and are laughably out of touch with modern taste. By ignoring the weekend, the Grammys got everything his hilariously wrong. Shutting out an album that was at once critically acclaimed and commercially dominant. So what happened? Following the weekend's tweet, Variety reported a on a strange conflict that was brewing behind the scenes, all right? And it goes on to state, in related development, a source close to the situation tells Variety that the Grammys and the weekend's team were at odds over him playing both the January 31st Grammy ceremony and the Super Bowl halftime show, which occurs a week later. While the negotiations grew prolonged and contentious, eventually it was agreed that he would play both events only for the situation to become my once the nominations were announced and he was shockingly shut out. It's really a bad look, but interim recording Academy president CEO Harvey Mason Jr. claims that the clash over the performances had nothing to do with the weekend snub. Yeah, okay. In an interview with Variety, Mason Jr. responded to The Weeknd's calling the uh, Recording Academy corrupt. So this is what he had to say, all right? Which goes on to state, 
I don't think the weekend's omissions call, um, weekend's omission calls the nomination process into question. Honestly, he said, the process is there so we could continue to monitor excellence. I was in the core room this year, which decides the main categories, and I observe, and the people in it are music professionals at the top of their craft in songwriting, producing, and there are a lot of artists. And they were critically listening to every song that came across their desks or virtual desks. So I don't think it shows a flaw in the process. It's a long, arduous process and people take pride in it. The people in that room care. There are no agendas in there. There's no let's snub this person or that person. It's about let's try to find excellence. Now, what what are we defining as excellence is the question, right? That That's, that's what I want to know. So I did look up and do my research on Harvey Mason Jr. And uh, he is, he is melanated. All right. I don't know, you know, what his background is, but he, he look a little melanated. Okay. Um, and I'm just going over his, his record and he definitely is accredited. He has worked with everybody from Whitney Houston to Beyonce, to Chris Brown, to Tony Braxton, to Deborah Cox, to Jennifer Hudson, to uh jojo mary j blige omorion uh stacy orico jordan sparks britney spears the spice girls so this dude definitely does have accreditation all right um he definitely has paid his uh his costs and according to wikipedia and his bio they state that he was appointed as the president of the recording academy only in january of this year all right. And initially he was elected to the board of directors from the LA chapter of the recording Academy in 2007 and the national board of trustees in 2009. And it also stated that he has participated in Grammy foundation events, including Grammy in the schools, Grammy camp and the music cares foundation. He is also the chairperson of the national advocacy committee and executive co-chair of the producers and engineers wing. All right. So this dude definitely has put in work to essentially, you know, no good music. All right. But the Academy is made up of voting membership, right? And, um, these, you know, members are performers, songwriters, producers, engineers, instrumentals. So it, it, honestly just goes to speak as to what they consider to be excellence. Okay. What do they consider to be excellent that, you know, do, do the, do the billboard charts have anything to do with anything? Um, what was excellent about Savage from Meg the stallion that got it three Grammys with Beyonce? three Grammy nominations, right? If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was, um, nominated for best song. Um, it was uh, nominated for best rap song, best rap performance, and like basically record of the year. All right. Um, and Meg Thee Stallion is also nominated for best new artists. So what exactly are they looking for? What are their definitions of excellence? Is <laughs> what I'm trying to understand because, you know, Savage to me was 
a popular song due to TikTok, due to the challenge that was going on on social media. That is what drove its success. I don't think it was the lyrical talent of Beyonce or Megan Thee Stallion on that record that drove the excellence. I mean, it's just honestly my opinion, you know? Um, I just want to know, like, do the billboards have anything to do with this excellence? This is what I'm, I'm not understanding because Savage, um, definitely did chart that it it definitely did chart. So I, I'm just, I'm really not understanding the process from his perspective of how he feels as though, uh, there is no, uh, bias in the selection of, you know, these nominees or especially these winners, you know? So it just makes me wonder who are the individuals making these decisions and who is it that these individuals know because who these individuals know in the industry definitely will influence their opinions. And you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, you don't know who's getting paid under the table. You know, when it comes to the record labels from Atlantic to Rock Nation, you know, it's, it's, it it really just makes you really think they're trying to, I don't know. I took this as the billboards really don't have nothing to do with excellence, right? Because we understand that, you know, Nicki Minaj never won an award or never won a, won a Grammy, even though she had consistent billboard success, that none of that mattered is what they're saying, is what Mason is saying. Harvey Mason is saying. All right. And I'm, I'm going to reiterate and, and backtrack a little bit on what he did state. So he stated it had nothing to do with... um. Um, anything as far as with the weekend, it had nothing to do with, you know, what was going on with the Super Bowl and him performing. All right. And there were critical, uh, there was critical listening done to every song that came across, uh, those in the Academy's, uh, desk or virtual desk. And he doesn't think that there's any flaws in the process. It's long and people take pride in it. And that the people in the room that uh, are judging this, uh, they care. And there's no agendas in there. There's no let's snub this person or that person. It's about let's try to find excellence. This is what he stated. Excellence based on what? On what? Because I'm just trying to find out what was excellent about Savage. And I'm not trying to, you know, shade Meg the Stallion, Right? But I'm just trying to find what was the, the, the excellence in that? Was it the lyric, the lyrical uh, arrangement? What, what was it? You know, especially the remix. What was it? Because Beyonce was rapping. We've heard Beyonce rap more than several times. Okay. We heard Beyonce rap on the Carter album with Jay-Z. What was the excellence in that? I want to know. Because honestly speaking, I feel like that's that's honestly bullshit. I believe it had a lot to do with the traction that the song had gained, especially through TikTok. And and the social media uh, presence of the, the record. Okay? Um, 
so we're going to get back into the article. All right. Cause it says it's worth pointing out that, uh, pointing out here that Mason is, uh, interim president and CEO following accusations made by Alsa recording Academy chief, Deb Dugan last year in a lengthy complaint. She described that biased nomination processes were secret committees and board members, quote unquote, push forward artists with whom they have relationships. So let's repeat that. <laughs> okay. So like I said, Harvey Mason just got this position in the Academy back earlier this year as far as the president and CEO. All right. And this was following accusations made by oust recording Academy chief executive Deb Dugan last year in a lengthy complaint. Deb Dugan described the bias nomination processes with secret committees and board members, quote unquote, push forward certain artists with whom they have relationships. So how could Harvey Harvey is giving corporate talking points because he is getting his butter biscuits. Like let's keep it a stack. Let's keep it a hundred and let's keep it real. All right. When you new to a position, right? All right. So let's say you've been on a job, right? For years. And you've seen so much corrupt things going on. You don't seen a lot of sneaky things going on. You don't seen a lot of BS go down, right? And you just kind of really mind your business, do what you got to do uh, to get to the top. And you finally get to the top, right? And you hear of someone else in the company coming out and calling out the bullshit that you most likely have seen or known or heard about taking place within the organization, but you're going to try to sit there and downplay it. You're going to downplay it because you just got to your new position, your new accolade that you worked so hard for that you will indeed dismiss what you know to be fact in order to keep your position. Let's keep it a buck. We all know we got that one. All right. Within our organizations, on our jobs, who will turn a blind eye to things, won't say nothing once they move up the ranks and try to act like shit really don't be happening. Come on now. And Harvey is just one of those people, in my opinion, you know, and I, I honestly believe Deb Dugan, right? That it is biased because the people that you have critiquing this work, obviously in the industry and they're connected, right? And these people who run these music, uh, you know, these music record labels know these people and of course will sway them to vote for their artists or to consider their artists or push their artists to win the award. And if that means, or to even be nominated. And if that means that they got to put a little money in their pocket, then I wouldn't be, it, it's not far fetched. It's not far fetched. This is why you hear that Cardi B's Grammy was most likely paid for allegedly, you know, now that's not to say that Cardi B invasion of privacy did not have, you know, Grammy nominatable records on that album because it did, but I'm sure that Cardi B has been pushed, you know, by the machine. We, we, we know this and this is why you know, she feels the need to respond to everything because deep down, I believe that she's insecure about some things and she does not know how to handle her fame and her success 
at times. I really, really do. You know, I don't think at one point in, I think at one point in her life, she probably felt as though she wasn't, she probably felt like, oh, I'll make it, but probably not to this far. Or she deep down knows that, you know, her lyrical talent and her success do not coincide. If that makes sense. Okay. So as it goes on, Esquire goes on to state, as I've noted before, the weekends after hours was the biggest album since Drake's Scorpion. Well, Scorpion was nominated for a number of Grammys at the 2019 ceremony where only took home one and the award for best rap song. Drake said in his speech back then, this is a business where sometimes it's up to a bunch of people who might not understand what a mixed race kid, excuse me, let's go back to that. What a mixed race kid from Canada has to say, or a fly Spanish girl from New York or anybody else, or a brother from Houston right there, my brother, Travis Scott. But my point is you've already won. If you have people singing your songs word for word, if you're a hero in your hometown, look, if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain, in the snow, spending their hard earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here. I promise you, you've already won. All right. Now that was Drake's speech back then. So he's even confirming there, listen, there is some bias here and there's just some people who have their own take on what is excellence period. And it may not be you. All right. Now Drake was actually cut to commercial before he actually was able to finish speaking and the article ends off stating the weekend's tweet makes so eloquently, eloquently clear that something is seriously wrong with the Grammys and unless they make significant changes to the nomination and voting process, this institution will continue to rapidly fade into obscurity. Honestly speaking, that is nothing but the truth. Um, that was an excellent article from Esquire and I'm so glad that they brought up, uh, what Drake had to say and you know, what the Academy responded to when they heard of the weekends, you know, opinion of them right but like i said this is not the first go at the rodeo we already know that the music industry is ran by we already know we already know these people are not of us these people are satanic we're just gonna keep it real and keep it a hundred and we already know how they give it up right we already know how they give it up and the awards and in many instances really honestly do come to or go to the biggest puppets and that that's just it you know or who got the bigger checkbook you know behind them and uh honestly in my opinion i feel as though you know, I wasn't crazy about the Savage record. Like I'm, I just wasn't. And, um, I do believe that it could have, it could have taken at least two out of the, the three, um, you know, nominations that it got. I would say probably, uh, the best, uh, uh, rap, uh, performance, and 
probably record of the year because like I said the the TikTok um and the social media response to the song was big enough but um I just find it crazy because it's just amazing to me how Meg has gotten these Grammys and you know how Rock Nation just snatched her released this album um and it's like the, the negotiation that her mom did with 1501 kind of really just went out the window. It was kind of like, listen, fuck Carl Craw- uh, Crawford and 1501. Um, And Rock Nation has just done their, their thing with her. I feel like ever since Rock Nation has been involved with Meg Thee Stallion, she's have, have had nothing but problems. I mean, and her persona is completely different. You see her playing with a lot of things, um, claiming demon time and, um, Alice in Wonderland references. We already know what, what Alice in Wonderland, you know, pretty much symbolizes. And we, I'm not even going to get all into that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Alice in Wonderland references the, uh, claiming of demon time, this dark energy that she's just putting out the whole situation with her best friend, you know, and then the situation with Tory Lanez, it's just like, it, it's like the music can never just be with the music. It's like the music is coming out with some type of controversy, just like sugar came out with the controversy with Carl Crawford and 1501. Now you got the you know out the good news album out right now and you got the you know controversy with not even with with tori but now you have this situation where you know her friendship with her best friend is like at the forefront to to help probably drive the the uh traffic of the the album I believe she has a fashion over line too. It's just like, I don't, I don't know, man. I I really don't know. I really don't know what to say. I feel like these, uh, new kids on the block are definitely selling out. They're definitely selling their soul, you know, for the fame and the fortune. And, um, I believe even, uh, I am, uh, John, I'm so Jonathan. I am Jonathan, excuse me. Jonathan Wright, who was her hairstylist for a long time, even stated that Meg does not have the right people around her or, you know, she has the wrong people in her ear and the people who are around her do not have her best interest at heart. He said this, I believe a while ago, I believe when the whole situation happened at Kylie Jenner's house, he was saying this, you know, so I just, I, I, I really, honestly, I don't know. I really, really don't. I just find it amazing that, you know, all this success is coming to her now that she's at Rock Nation. It's not far-fetched to me. And the situation, honestly speaking, with her best friend, in my opinion, is just very, very sad. That, you know, it has come to this, you know, making diss records about each other, going back and forth on social media. And uh, it's just sad that it has it has to come to that. I believe friendships are harder 
uh, the actual breakups with significant others, right? Because we know that there's a probability that, you know, our significant other may hurt us to leave us and stuff like that. But we feel like friendships are supposed to be uh, genuine and last forever. And, um, you know, whenever these significant others do hurt us, or do things to us, we know we can confide in our friends to be there for us and to help us pick up the pieces. And our friends are basically family. So to see falling out of like best friends is really honestly, it's terrible. It's sad in my opinion. You know, it's like you you gain the whole world to 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 lose who you are in your soul. It's it's honestly pretty sad in my opinion. Now I did listen to uh, what's the best friend name? Kelsey, if I'm not mistaken. Kelsey Nicole. Don't quote me on that. But I did listen to her her disc record, and um, you know what struck me odd was her mentioning um a Desiree stating from from Rock Nation stating that if she were to speak, I believe the the line in the song said if she were to speak that she release a sex tape on her, and I'm like. I, I, if this is the, the Desiree Perez of Rock Nation threatening Kelsey, like, girl, you the last one who need to be talking. You the last one who need to be talking about anybody snitching because we already know. We already know how you give it up. We already know you done brought down two drug cartels and that you are a grade A snitch. So for you to be out here really threatening old girl, like, girl, bye. If that line was really about Desiree Perez, I don't know which Desiree at Rock Nation, but we already know the Desiree Perez of Rock Nation and we already know her background, right? Um, but you know, this whole situation is really honestly is sad. It's really, really sad. And um, you know, I really honestly don't know what, what to really say. All I can really say is this is not the first go at the rodeo. We go through this all the time with black artists getting snubbed or feeling snubbed at the Grammys. Or we get these people who are winning multiple Grammys one year and are nowhere to be found in five years, right? Look at uh, Nora Jones. She won like I think nine Grammys or something in one year. And we haven't, where the hell is she? Or you got people who can't even chart now, but won multiple Grammys. Like you got Alicia Keys who basically, um, got perpetuated, right? Cause we already know Clive Davis was all over that. And Alicia Keys had took home like five awards over India RE, you know? And I mean, we all pretty much know why. Okay. So it's just like, listen, these things are bought and paid for. Uh, the fact that Nicki Minaj has had the longevity in her career, and I'm not even a huge fan of her, but for her to have the longevity that she has had in her career, um, and for her not to have a Grammy, it, it speaks volumes about the Academy. And I don't understand why black artists constantly seek white Rand organizational approval. You know, um, we already know what time it is without even looking at the clock with this. And it's just like, they're going to honestly lose their value 
due to the way they honestly select and go about this everybody knows these things are bought at this point we already know that um there's bias there and and that's just all i really got on that but shout out to you if you had made it this far I always say that you know to actually make it through a podcast i know a lot of podcasts are like way longer a lot of them can go like an hour two hours or what have you but y'all are amazing shout out to you um and like i said hit me up through email rsl442 at yahoo.com let me know what kind of content that you want to hear what you want to hear me speak about what you want to hear my opinion of but i love y'all y'all take care and y'all be well and y'all enjoy the rest of the weekend because i know i am and i'm gonna go have me some wine and some cheesecake i'm gonna eat all the desserts that i couldn't fit in for thanksgiving dinner because i was too damn full okay <laughs> but shout out to you you know for making it this far shout out to the ones who really support the podcast shout out to the haters too because we love you too over here and i will check y'all in the next one y'all be well and y'all take care peace